Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. Leading with the spirit of breakthrough. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus gives out and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like someone who went away and gave a talent to, to one person. It was five, another two, and then another one. And you know the story most likely, but what I want, want to focus on is just a couple of words that one of the guys speaks, three words. The one who buried his talent said, I was afraid. I was afraid. Everyone else went out and worked and multiplied, but he said, I was afraid. Here's what I believe about what will take you down out of this Christian life more than anything else. Number one is pride. Secondly, what will limit you and me is fear. What takes us down is pride because pride, I think it's Charles Spurgeon that says, it is the precursor of all sin. Every time you sin, you first said, no, I know better than God, yeah. right? Pride is the precursor. Pride is the thing that will take you down out of the Christian walk, but what will limit your faith, what will limit your effectiveness, what will limit your life is actually the spirit of fear. And so the devil would love to, for you to be in pride, but then if you're not in pride, he just wants you to be in fear. And fear is that constant, and I believe that it's, it's far subtler you don't meet people most of the time and they're just like, oh, I'm just afraid, I'm just afraid. It's so much more subtle than that. Yeah. It's like you're leading something and, and um, you want to empower someone, but you're not sure yet. Yeah. Right? It's you want to walk up to someone and recruit them to your team and you're like, oh, but what if they say no? Like it's so subtle sometimes. It is absolutely ridiculous how subtle it is. You want to just inspire and, and you even want to grab your team, for instance. Let's just take an example. And you want to go out and have a good time. You're like, oh, but what if no one comes? Like it's so funny what actually happens internally here that stops us stepping out in faith. But I believe that we have to war against that spirit because fear will stop you more than anything else. The enemy to you multiplying what God has given you is fear. It truly is. Uh, fear says this, you won't, fear stops you from inviting people to your house. Come over. What if no one comes? Right? If you're, if you're not in the, in the, in the, in, if you're not used to the spirit of hospitality, you literally go, oh, I'm not sure if anyone's going to come. Fear will stop you inviting someone to your team. Fear will stop you starting ministry. That is so huge. I want to do youth ministry, but I'm afraid. I want to do this ministry, am I afraid? I want to do that. Everyone was afraid. I don't think I've barely met anyone that wasn't afraid at some stage of the game. When Miriam and I first started the church, it was three weeks before it was about to start. I began to think, what if no one comes? And almost no one did come. <laughs> no, to be honest. But, but that was the simple fear. What if? And then God spoke to my heart, move out of Carney to Rutherford. And again, it was, well, what if I'm wrong? And what if no one comes? And then I realized not everyone did come. And then we moved from the Elks to the Williams Center. And there was a, there was a jump in the price that actually was actually meant to be our rent. And I'm like, what if we can't afford it? And almost everything we've had to do is actually with this awareness, leaders don't lead boldly all the time. They actually wrestle fear on a continual, constant basis. Because if you're never wrestling fear, you're probably too comfortable. 
You're probably never stretching. You're probably never stretching in your giving. You're probably never stretching how you pray. You're probably never stretching to invite anyone to church. You're probably like, do you ever go up to someone and say, oh, for some reason I'm meant to pray for you. Like if you never do that, maybe there's something on the inside that just needs to get unlocked. If you just go, hey, I'd love to pray for you. Don't be weird about it. Don't be like, the Lord told me to pray for you. Does that make sense? Fear says this, they can do it, but I can't do it. Isn't that so true? Here's the thing. Um, if you lead anything in our church, if I said to you, listen, I'm going to move you out of the way and I'm going to put Rick Warren into your area of ministry. How many think he would probably multiply that area of ministry? Only led a church of 40,000 people, right? But you go, but, 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 you're like, wait a second. What is he doing that I should also do. Now, again, sometimes it's a gift and I get that, but guess what? Walk with the wise and you become wise. Copy a good leader and you get better. So if a good leader shows up early, you show up early. And you're like, I'm not even a good leader yet. That's okay. You're you're practicing. Ever heard practice makes perfect? Practice. Practice showing up early. Practice praying before you come. Practice being joyful when you're there. Right? Practice being joyful when you're there. Practice having leadership conversation. Practice encouraging people. Practice all the time. And then over time, I've actually noticed over time, you actually get better at it. And and you might even be like, Anthony, I'm not a very loving person. Practice being loving. Practice, hey man, I like you. (laughs) I like you a lot. And then lady can go, kind of love you, like L-U-V. You ever text someone that? Love you, man. You don't really say, it's, it's kind of that manly way to say, love you, man, because otherwise it feels a bit awkward. <laughs> but how do we walk with a spirit of breakthrough? Number one, I know I've said a few things already. Those are the hindrances, but I just want to give you three thoughts. How do we do it? How do we practically walk with a spirit of breakthrough? You've got to hear God. At the, at, at the end of the day, faith cometh and faith goeth. Faith comes, but faith does go. Therefore, faith must be fed. Genesis chapter 12, now the Lord said to Abram, he says, leave your country, but everything started with what? Hearing. Now the Lord said. Everything started with the Lord, with the Lord speaking to his life, and then he has faith. And then he has vision. And what's unusual is then he actually has leadership. Why? He leaves a place and he knows where he's going. Well, actually, he doesn't even know where he's going, but he knows he's leaving. Someone say, here. Come on, you've got to hear. I honestly believe one of my primary goals, one of my primary assignments is to hear God for this church. Because every breakthrough in our church, every major breakthrough has normally come out of some insight and some difference and something we changed. Don't stay there, go there. Don't do this, do that. Then, and then you just keep on working for like months and months and months and months, and then even years. And then after three years, after you've done everything God told you to do, then he seems to show you something else. But you just keep on doing it. How many need some perseverance? Right? We all need perseverance. If you will just keep on hearing God's voice, good things will happen. You won't backslide. Yeah. 
You won't fall away. You won't get offended. You won't lose faith. If you keep on hearing God's voice, you, if you see the, the journey of Abraham, Abraham hears God in Genesis 12. He hears God 10 verses later. He hears God again in 13. He hears God. Now this is a journey of 25 years. It isn't minute by minute, right? Some people are on the phone call with the Lord and the Lord's like left and the Lord's like right and the Lord's like left and they're confused. It's over the lifetime, right? If God says something to you, stay at it and do it. Because sometimes people are like, hey, I, I feel like I'm called to do this. Then prove it by staying at it. Prove it by persevering. Pro- many are called, few are chosen. You've got to keep yourself. I don't just have to be called. How many believe you're called? Right? If you're Christian, you're called. Guess what I've got to do? Keep myself chosen. I have to keep myself in the chosen category so God can choose me. Does that make sense? God will speak to you in your area of your life. Sometimes when people get hyper-spiritual, they start hearing God for the pastor. It is dangerous. It honestly is. Um, Because most of the time, He gives you He will speak to you about your life. He will speak to you about your world, your family. And he will speak to you about the call of God on your life and what is pertaining to you. And he would speak to you. Here's what I found. He'll speak to you about something in the church if it's for you to pray about. Does that make sense? Because sometimes people do get, in essence, in their zeal, in their enthusiasm, they do get hyper-spiritual. And then sometimes they're just convinced they're just way way more spiritual than the leader. And the, it doesn't matter even if you are more spiritual than the leader. If God hasn't anointed you to do it, you're not called to do it. And they end up splitting and, and, and disuniting a, a church. But where does God command his blessing? Where unity is. Does that make sense? Um, I'm going to make mistakes in my life. So are you. Right? We don't need to be perfect. Take pressure off yourself. I am not a perfect leader. You're not a perfect leader. You'll never be a perfect leader. Yeah. Someone say amen. amen. Some of you just breathe in a little bit. It's just, whoo. <laughs> Some of you are like, I thought I had to be. I'm a... No, you can't be. Jesus was. But be authentic. Be real. Um, don't hide stuff. Be accountable. Right? That's authentic. That's real. Um, hear God. Um, Coming in January, I felt like the Lord challenged me in a couple of months ago that we as a church, I'm going to challenge our church to fast longer than we've ever fasted before. We've fasted for eight days, we've fasted for seven days, we've fasted for ten days. I, I feel like I'm going to challenge the church. I'm not, I don't even feel like it. I am going to challenge the church. I'm going to challenge the church to fast for 21 days in January. And so I think January 6th, I think we'll start a fast for 21 days, sun up to sundown, you know, and, um, and I just believe that there's breakthrough in it. Right? There's focus in it. There's breakthrough in it. There's a faith that comes out of fasting that comes out of few other places. In Matthew, actually, actually, I think it's 17, Jesus said, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. And really what he was saying is there's a faith that comes by prayer and fasting that doesn't come elsewhere. And when you pray and when you fast, and all of a sudden you'll understand who you are, you'll understand the authority of the word, and then you can exercise authority. Right? One of the things that fasting does for your life is it. It, it shapes priorities, right? It actually pushes the flesh down. How many of the flesh like, loves to rise on back? He died with Christ, but he seems to come on back occasionally. What fasting does is tell you you are in control. 
right? Your flesh is not in control. You're in control. Your spirit actually is uh, following Jesus. Hear God and we'll continue to hear God. Number two, see it. If you're going to have a breakthrough spirit, you've got to see it. You have to see yourself. How many need to see yourself joyful? Right? See your marriage good. If you're not married, see yourself marrying the right person. If you're married in here, you have to see the marriage healthy. You've got to see the marriage strong. See yourself healthy. See yourself following Jesus. See yourself passionate. You have to see it. And, and, and I would say this, that sometimes when it comes to leadership, we're like, man, I'm going to lead this thing. I'm going to lead this thing. I always believe, and I'm, I'm convinced of this, if I get myself kind of right first, if I spend time with Jesus first, if I start seeing myself in the way that I'm meant to be, then everything else trickles on down. Because I remember a couple of years ago, I was seeking the Lord, like, Lord, what's the vision for the church? What's the vision for the church? And I just felt like you reprioritized me. It's just like, no, no, no. It's not the vision of the church. It's just make sure you and I are fresh. Make sure you're hearing me. You're a son. Then your family, right? That has to be healthy. That has to be strong. Vision for your family. And then after that comes vision for the house of God. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. It just means you're aligned with God, then your family's aligned with God, and everything else flows out of that, right? Because you need to be a healthy person over the long haul. If I'm passionate about Jesus and my family falls apart, what do you think happens to my family? Sorry, what do you think happens to my passion? Right? So passion is sustained over the long haul by keeping your life healthy. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, he says to him, to a land that I will show you. I was talking to uh, Noelia recently, and, and she said, you know, I went out to this youth conference and stuff, and she was just like, you know, it's interesting. I was glad I went, but I recognized all the things that I didn't really want. She went to a youth conference where it felt like all the singing was old. Literally, the preacher preached for an hour. They sung six different songs. It was all in old language. And she said, that was fine for them. Doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean it's wrong for them. She said, I saw what I didn't want. And actually, you and I have to see sometimes what we don't want. Um, What do you see on a leadership night that's part of the culture of the church that we're building? Fun? Food? Relationships? (laughs) Right? Worship, presence of God, praying for one another, leadership, the word of God. All those things are our culture. Right? Why do you, why do we have fun? Why? Because it's fun. (laughs) And too many Christians sometimes are boring. Right? So why do you value fun? Because actually friendships are made in fun. Right? So we like hanging out with one another. It's cool. It's fun. We get together. Why value that? You value relationships and food, then value fun. But that means we can shift from fun to even presence of God, which means it doesn't have to be presence of God and I never have fun. Right? I can shift literally from fun fun to presence of God, fun to word of God, fun to leadership. Right? Does that make sense? Right? And guess what? You worked all day. How many need a little fun? Amen. See it. Someone say, see it. See it. Ask yourself this question sometimes. What's blocking my sight? What's blocking my sight? Why can't I see the area of, my, of where I serve grow? And sometimes it's just, God just needs to shift your faith. Sometimes you need to spend a little time with God. Sometimes you need to spend time imagining it. This is all vision is. It's just simply spending time imagining it growing, imagining it healthy.
Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? You've got to see that thing growing before it ever happens. And sometimes, especially some of you that never led that way before, others might have, like Alex Senior, let's just take him for example. Alex Senior has led at a high level, at a business level for a long time, so that when he jumps into a leadership capacity in church, he kind of goes, well, I've led it here before, and he just goes and goes, boom, 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 and he starts doing stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if you've never led at that higher capacity, you sometimes need to see yourself doing it and leading at a higher capacity, yeah. right? Recruiting people, building people, team, your transformed group multiplying, lives changed, people getting married, people getting off drugs, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. What, what's Derek seeing? I want him to keep on seeing that. Yeah. Man, that was an incredible season of transform, what's happened in his, his, in his transform group. But he needs to keep seeing it. Yeah. And then what, what hinders us from keep seeing it is our own sight often between us and the Lord. We cannot lose personal vision because we must, when you lose personal vision, you'll then lose ministry vision. Does that make sense? We, let me give you the confidence that you can hear God and let me give you the confidence and tell you and prophesy into you that you can see whatever you need to see become successful. Does that make sense? Like in any area of your life, if you'll see it clear enough, you eventually start acting like it will be. Right? If you see it clear enough, if you see yourself financially free, eventually you start doing stuff that's different. If you see yourself making a difference in men or women or whatever it might be, or youth or kids, if you see it, if you see when you lay hands on people, you see healing happen. You have to see it. And so I just want to prophesy kind of to into you today, unlock your eyes so that you see yourself, your transformed group in time to come Israel, your, your transformed group, Hartwig, your group, right? Palmer, your group flourishing, growing, being awesome. Like you see it. And then if you keep on seeing it, it will begin because you will actually grow into that vision. Does that make sense? Like see yourself having a transformed morning. See it. I, I hate when I miss my morning because I, I, I like doing the same morning. Get up, do my thing. I like it. Like it. I just like it. And then if I ever sleep in, I'm like, oh, I'll miss my joyful morning. But luckily, there's another morning coming. <laughs> um, the challenge isn't also, I will say, the challenge isn't to see it one time. The challenge is to keep seeing it. That is the challenge. Keep seeing it keep seeing it keep seeing it keep seeing your life go forward keep seeing the church grow keep seeing keep seeing it number three we've hear it see it then you've got to prioritize it gets pretty practical here when you first come to jesus you come to jesus and then remember when you first started serving the first start serving, I remember when I was first serving in my old church in Australia, in the youth group, uh, I was bouncing between America and Australia, and I went back to Australia, and I went up to the youth leader, I was like, hey, can I, you know, can I, do you want me to help and serve in any way? And, I, and she was like, sure, join the team and just come and hang out with kids, and all I did was show up and play basketball with kids, sweat a whole lot, and um, just connect with kids. I was serving, I enjoyed it, but I had zero responsibility. Serving shapes you. I'll say this, leadership makes you. 
Serving shapes you. It helps you. It helps actually flourish. Helps you find purpose. Leadership actually makes you. Because leadership, you're not just serving, not just showing up playing basketball. You are now responsible for that area. You are now responsible. And how many know responsibility sometimes shows up your weaknesses? Shows up whether you come late or not. Shows up whether you're actually a positive person. It shows up all those things, doesn't it? Responsibility, though, actually shapes you. And so you have to take on, and I have to take on responsibility. To truly become all you've called to be, you have to take on more responsibility. Because the responsibility causes you to become more. And too many people run from responsibility. Ah, oh, I don't, don't think I can. Moses would never be who he is unless he takes on 1.5 million people. Think about that for a second. Genesis 12 says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Lot was never meant to go with him. So Abram leads the land. He says, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household. And he does, but he's like, hey, Lot, come with me. Goes on this journey, and Lot caused him a lot of problems, right? Until he's willing to cut Lot off, he never inherits the promise. Here's what I want to say about priorities. As you come into 2020, sometimes we want to accomplish more. You ever get that feeling like, I want to do more, accomplish more? Some of you look like, I just want to rest more, but anyway... (laughs) Sometimes you might be like, I want to do more. Actually, often, first, before you add anything to your plate, look at your plate and cut some stuff off. And then you can actually accomplish more. People that accomplish a lot are actually very focused on just a couple of things. Does that make sense? Um, What do you need to cut away so you can have a spirit breakthrough about your life in 2020. Can we just write that question down? Just take a minute real quick. What do you need to cut away? What is the lot in your life that's causing you a lot of problems? What is that one thing you need to maybe maybe cut away? Seven nights a week watching TV? Maybe just cut away a little bit. All right, real quick, let's jump into priorities just for a second. Um, here's what I've noticed between serving and leading. Serving, you show up, serve, do some stuff, it's great. As you lead, and how many need to lead higher? Let me encourage you along this thought. We need everyone to lead higher. So if you didn't put up your hand, let's put up our hand. Jesus said, um, the workers are few. So he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that there might be workers in the harvest field. That means leadership, in essence, is work. Right? At the end of the day, leadership is work, leadership is responsibility, but it is fulfilling. It is fulfilling. As you keep your eyes on Jesus, it's very fulfilling. If you take your eyes off Jesus, it's kind of just hard work. Right? But we serve the Lord with joy. Never have that thing, oh, leadership's tough. Leadership's tough. (laughs) No, serve the Lord with joy, right? I sometimes ask myself this question, how much love, how much joy, how much peace is in my life? I think it's a better question than how much of the Bible am I reading? How many hours am I praying? You never get that spiritual checklist. Oh, how much of the Bible am I reading? Great. How much love, how much joy, how much peace is in your life? It will determine whether the fruit of the Spirit is flowing out of your life or not. But let me jump into priorities here for a second. Um, If you're going to lead at a higher level, 
in this 2020 coming up. Um, some of you are doing this, you're rocking this, but sometimes it's just little tweaks. So I just want to give you a, a quick, here's my structure on a transform night. Here's what I believe about leadership is leadership actually needs more structure. So when you show up to Sunday or when you show up to whatever you lead, you do need to have some structure because that will produce in the end. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, transform night, Wednesday night, 6.30, I'm basically showing up here, 7, a, 7 p.m. is men's prayer, uh, 7.30 is a pre-meeting for the meeting, 8 p.m., stuff starts, 8.10, games are in, obviously the night, post-meeting, end of the night. But if I don't provide that structure for myself, then I don't have the necessary conversations over the years, the coaching moments over the years that are necessary. If we don't have the post-meeting over the years, right, the, the, the team is in, isn't in camaraderie and I'm not a big structure guy. So I've had to just go, this is what we do every single time because I like to flow. <laughs> How many like to flow? Yes, Patty, I see you. They're just going, yes, I'm a flower. I am a flower, right? Good flow, but give yourself structure. Yeah. Let me tell you what my Sunday morning has looked like for the entire of our marriage. 5 a.m., I get up, spend time with Jesus, worship, um, look over my message, pray. Everything is, is, is all about 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, whatever time it might be. Sometimes, weirdly enough, I even wake up before 5. I wake up 4.40. I'm like, oh, I've got 20 more minutes to sleep. Can I sleep some more? Obviously, something's on my mind if you're waking up that early. And, um, but I have done that for 15 years. And that's just what I do. So there is no question, what time do I wake up? That's what time I wake up. And I wake up that time, spend time with Jesus, have coffee, pray, get ready, just keep getting ready. And if I feel like I'm really ready, then I'll go out and talk to people and chat with people and say, hey, and hug people. <laughs> but if I'm not ready, I won't go and chat to people and hug people. But everything I do is structured in that environment so that I'm the most ready I can be to get up and preach. And then, I, and then I preach, and then I'll say hi to some people, and then I'll go back to my office, and then I'll think, man, did I say something dumb? Do I need to tweak anything? And Miriam might go, hey, you said something dumb, which is more often than I say, I said something dumb. And then I try and prove, even from first service to second service, third service, in between second and third service, I even occasionally jump down to King's Court, have a shower, get ready for third one, and rock and roll. Right? <laughs> Does that make sense? Here's the thing. Structure is your friend. Here's the thing. Structure was God's friend. Day one, day two, day three, day four. How many days in a year? How many weeks? Just checking your math. God is a God of structure. God is a God of order. But how many know God is the God of creativity? God is the most structured being ever that he sets up structure, but he's the most creative being. Yeah. So those that like to flow, flow, but give yourself structure. Yeah. But those of you who like to get your list done, sometimes if you're a real list person, get your list, get your structure, and then just go, ah, oh, let's just chill, and let's just flow, <laughs> and enjoy the process of the day, right? Set your structure and then enjoy. And those of you that like flowing everywhere, let's give it some structure. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> um, what did I say? First point, hear it. Second point, see it. 
Third point, prioritize it. Receive that? Come on, why don't you see anything?